So welcome to another edition of Vice City Hoops. Super excited to have with me today site expert and writer for Fansite. It's all you can heat, Kenneth Wilson. Kenneth, I've been following you for a while. You've been around a while, the Heat Nation. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I'm great, man. I'm great. Excited to start another season. I appreciate you for having me. Um, Absolutely. Ready to talk and dive into Heat basketball, man. Let's get after it because after the second preseason game, how was everybody not super jacked? Like that second game, we finally got to see the coming out party, the breakout of KZ Akpala, which has been like you, me, everybody in Heat Nation that takes this thing serious. Like we all saw this coming. Very excited to see him do his thing. We'll get into him later, but let's just start right out of the gate. The preseason was only two games, so this is going to be kind of an odd evaluation. I mean, if we're serious about analysis, like this is a very shallow pool of data. So, you know, we can't take too much stock in what we saw for sure. But I do think a great way to kind of frame the preseason is what Coach Spo famously says all the time, which is impacting winning. So I kind of wanted to look at, like, what about the preseason did you see that kind of gave you that feeling like this guy, this thing, this scheme, this duo, this is impacting winning on this team? Um, I mean, that's a multifaceted question. I'm going to give you a multifaceted answer. As you'll come to, yeah, as you'll come to learn with me, man, nothing is simple. Mm. Um, to take it back to something you said, like, early on in, in your question there, um, that's something that that's really intrigued me as well, man. Like the shortness, the briefness, the brevity, it's only two games. Like two you games. said, so yeah. what you've seen, it tend, like, I think people are extremely jacked because we haven't had a chance to get fatigued by, oh, can the regular <laughs> season start already? I know it. No, had just enough to suck us in and make us want more. <laughs> um, as far as impacting winning, man, look, so many things. Look, first thing I'll say, because it kind of it, it kind of overarches and I can go piece by piece. Do it. It's like the fact that every year, well, I say this all the time. Every year, and, and you, you can say this about any team. I mean, we were talking before the show actually started about uh, Lee and Trent Jr. out in Portland, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Lee out in Golden State. But every year, you know, some team has guys that bubble up or, you know, hop onto the scene and break through or whatever. But the Heat consistently find guys to do that. And whether that be late in the lottery, and those are still lottery picks, but you're not expecting them to have a major impact, you know, outside of the top three, four, five, maybe. Um, you know, late in the lottery, second round, undrafted yep. guys, guys that we've seen bounce around in the Heat, like just constantly find a way to get those guys and help them make impacts. So I think that. Early on in the preseason, what we've seen, man, is the guys that we thought were going to be backbreakers as far as um, the pieces we lost or the pieces we weren't able to get, whether that be more shooting, uh, certain defensive priorities. Uh, we lost Derrick Jones Jr. We lost Jay Crowder. And, you know, Jay Crowder brought through amazing shooting when he came over from Memphis. And although Derrick Jones Jr. didn't get, like, heavy extended periods of run all the time, he was very useful in situations. Yes. And like you needed a long guy to throw on a guard, a basically a long athletic guy who could also move. Um, I feel like 
through the young players, whether that be, you know, and I'm going to get into these guys a little bit individually, whether that be Precious, whether that be KZ, whether mm. that be Struss. Whether, I mean, like, we saw guys step up and pretty much say with their games, I'm ready to contribute right now. Absolutely. And I think that was important based on what we lost. Um, and then just individually a little bit on each of those guys. I mean, Precious plays the BAM role. Like, he doesn't know things as well or isn't as fluid in certain actions as Bam. But when you watch him on the court, he plays in the same positions. He plays kind of the same way as Bam. And I'm we haven't – only two games. I have to go back to that. Only two sure, games. Sure, sure. Say However, it, though. However, his Say motor – his motor. Yes. It's Bam-ish. That motor is – it's like he's one of the guys where, you know – you're like, okay, he's making a couple plays. And then you look at the box score and it's like, yo, he got a double-double. He got 12 <laughs> points and 60 rebounds. But that's the kind <laughs> of guy, you know what I mean, that you want, um, especially as a young guy, especially as a guy just looking to make an impact and especially as a Miami Heat guy. But him and then, of course, we don't need to talk KZ because he went nuts in nuclear the other night. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, now you know. As the great B.I.G., the great That's poet, right. He said, if you didn't know, <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Um, and him, and I said it from the first preseason game, Struss was making a case where we no longer need to be having a debate about the second two-way guy. Um, sure, B.J. Johnson was, you know, could have been great. Looked like he had a little explosive potential. He had he good minutes. Yeah, he had good minutes. Right, but. right. He, he gives me more James Ennis vibes. Not the same player, but yep. athleticism, energy, yep. defense, hustle. Um, you know, Brian Tyree was a little, little, also looked a little timid in his time on the he court. He did. Um, we didn't get to see Paulie Boy, Boa, however you want to pronounce it. We didn't get to see him. Nope. But from game one, Struss looked like he he belonged. I That's mean, exactly it. He no does moment belong. He's too big. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just like, he was a guy. He's a regular guy. Um, he took shots that he was supposed to take. He did not take shots that he was supposed to take, which is big for me with young guys. It's like, don't me get too. out there and gun it. But at the same time, you're in the league. Act like it. Um so, yeah, man, those things as far as impacting winning, the way that the young guys, the guys we weren't expecting, and also at the same time being able to account for the things that we lost, I feel like as a whole, and then those three guys specifically, really showed you how they could help you win and how they impact winning. Well, obviously the preseason is like, this is the time to showcase young talent. So, you know, looking at only two games was kind of rough. I mean, I really did want to see a BOA. I think very highly of him. I mean, on the on the last pod that we had, we certainly saw in Struess or Struss or I, I'm pretty sure That's it's Struess, but it's all right, over right. the place. But uh, Max, we'll call him affectionately. We'll call him Max. Max, I mean, his days in DePaul were special. He was explosive. He's an elite shooter. Those were all things you could definitely see coming into um, now his second season. He was just really more of a circumstantial signing that no doubt, like, he belongs in this league. If you watch the way this kid moves, and he hasn't even been under our conditioning that long. Like, I imagine I if this guy loses a couple pounds, gets cut a little bit here and there, like, I do feel like Max does something at an elite level, which is catch and shoot. And by the way, it has to go. We have to We have to say this. He had so many passes his way. They're like at his ankles, at his face. Like, he did not get a, he did not get that many passes tossed his way that were good passes and he still loaded up and shot it quickly Absolutely. so that right Absolutely. there is like that is elite elite type of stuff oh, the, you trigger can catch bad, it, the trigger, the was, trigger quick. was quick form was good he's jumping really high um like his energy is so solid again and that's without all of our conditioning so he was all over the place he was making good cuts um i really really loved how he he didn't have necessarily consistent defense but but 
it looked more like a problem of being lost in, in un unfamiliarity. Like he was definitely over committing here and there because he was trying to close out so fast and he'd get blown by. That's fine. He looked lost. I'll take that though. Like the energy was there. He absolutely tried to find guys to box out. He tried his best to be in the right place at the right time. Very impressed with Struess. But when you think of the whole preseason, we only got two games. Some of these young guys got to play both games. But I was actually super, super impressed with our veterans in that second game. Because we got to see Goran, Andre, and Olenek come out. And they freaking played great. Freaking Drogic had eight dimes in 18 minutes. Olenek was all over the place. He shot a couple threes. He was elusive whenever Bam or Precious would get in the paint. And he would slip out for a corner three. Like, that's what he's good at. I really hope to see more Olenek if he sticks on the team, if he doesn't get traded. I do hope he gets to have minutes alongside those guys because you know from a couple seasons ago, it's still so bizarre to me that Bam and Olytic didn't play more. He's absolutely great uh, paired with a big guy that's in the paint. So I'm excited about our veterans showing up and being ready. So I, pre I, like, I appreciate that from them. That's what you want from a winning standpoint, especially from those guys. Andre looked like he came, dude, he looked like a pretty good shape. He was handling guys. He had clamps. I don't think he even got scored on the entire game. So the only thing that really caught me off guard. So we'll t we'll we'll walk away from impact on winning. The thing that caught me off guard was how quickly Precious assimilated. He just looks like he belongs already. Like he Absolutely. in both games, man. It looked like he just fit this team. Obviously, he's mimicking our best player, but. Right. Precious absolutely fits in the system. He does one of my favorite things on the whole planet in terms of basketball sense is he finds buckets. That is absolutely. my favorite thing, man, because his name's his name's not getting called. Like his number's not getting called for plays and sets. But the dude could put the ball on the floor. He had that like flare screen where he came off and dribbled. No, actually he was in open space. He dribbled First. to the left. First. Yeah, he dribbled to the left and did that like long two uh, fadeaway, which is kind of I don't think I've ever seen Bam do anything like that. So I'm trying I would to say that yeah, go for it. Probably a little bit more versatile offensively right now. Yes. Whereas Bam's, Bam's. Let me see. What what's the best way to say it? Bam's well, he's finally shooting. <laughs> well, definitely Bam's athleticism and the fluidness with which he moves and does things is probably a little better. But skill set wise, just okay. I can take you here. I can do this to you. Okay, I'm on this position of the court. I already know what to do. Uh, I can face you up. I can back you down. Yes. Precious already has all of that. I um, agree. So I would say Bam is a more explosive athlete, but Precious is probably already closer to a finished, polished product. I completely right. agree. Like, Bam is going to be that kind of guy that gets spots. Like, he goes to his spots, makes that shot. Kind of right. like what Kanan's done. We all know he's going to pull up to the elbow and shoot that J in your teeth. Like, he's good mm -hmm. at it. He does it consistently. He goes to his left and gets to the rim a lot. Or finger roll it. He's going to finger roll exactly. it. Man, he's jumping you. And so, what I saw with Precious that I loved is, like, his bag is diverse already. So Absolutely. I love that about him. He could put it on the floor. He made the right choice so often. So, I really, like, when he would get doubled, he kicked it out at the right person, hit him square in the chest and it initiated motion offense to get the open three i love that kind of uh, young rookie intellect for the game like his acumen is obviously fairly strong and he didn't cost us he only had four fouls in two games and he was like third or fourth in minutes on our team right so. that's like he had like one he had like one eighth of the fouls that mo harkless did right <laughs> <laughs> Mo, I think, had 15 fouls in two. I'm just kidding. Hey, he had like Look, 11 fouls in two games. Mo so wakes crazy, up with right? eight fouls. You feel me? He yeah. wakes up with eight fouls. He does. Hey, for all his, uh, by the way, for all Mo, Mo's fouls, like he had a solid defensive rating, so I got to give him that.
He's two. definitely definitely clamping. He got it. He got it. He got exposed on big guys though. Like Zion freaking took him to task. True, true. But speaking back to something you said, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't think that Max accounts for Jay in his on its own. But when you look at the guys we were able to add, like Harkless, and then what we've seen KZ be able to okay, do. Okay, well, there's then, the real like, guy. Like you say, like, you know, Max, between those three guys, we're going to get what Crowder gave us. No more. question. And then you're also thinking about them, those guys playing consistently. Whereas, what, like I spoke with, you know, DJJ, he got minutes every I know. three spots. Yeah. So um, I think, I, I do think that's a good thing there. And it kind of, you said it, man. Everywhere that Harkless doesn't give you something, he gives you something else somewhere else he that does. somebody's not giving you that every player's not going to give you. Yep, his only his only knock, and that was true of his Trailblazer days, he's just an inconsistent three. That's it. Right. That's really it. And I don't want to – I've seen some Heat Twitter guys already kind of panicking on Mo. We need to – again, it's two games, and he's in a new system. Um, especially in a system that's not ball dominant. Like he played with two extremely ball dominant players the last four Ball's years. Ball's going to pop in Miami. It's gonna, no it's doubt. Gonna He'll get there. Like if Jay Crowder got there, he's going to get there. So all I, I need, all I need is 33%. I'm, I'm not asking. I know. I know. Right. Double. Same with all Olenek. 30, <laughs> Just 33 One of every three you take and play good defense. You're good. Yeah, and his defense was pretty solid. Again, he got exposed by Bigs, but that's expected. He's not he's not huge. He's long, but he's not huge. Right. He's, he's a rail. You he can get he gonna get bossed around by Zion's. You don't like Mo because he can lock down any one guy. You like Mo because he can stay in front of five guys. That's exactly right. And he doesn't make it, he doesn't make mistakes. He had a couple of skip passes that were money. I love those kind of smart things. He's known for being a good back cutter. So I, I people had sort of, he had a lopsided debut, bro. He had a lopsided debut. I think people are already kind of panicking. I don't think it's fair. Defensively, he was so solid. Yes, he was a little bit uh, inconsistent on his shot. It'll come around. Have faith in again. We say this all the time on this pod. You can't have faith in the Heat way and then not have faith in the Heat way. I don't understand that. He'll come around. Let me let me throw out something that's kind of uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but Bradley looked incredibly unimpressive. So he looked lost more often than not. And I love Bradley. I think he's very undervalued, um, especially when he, again, because in our old heat days, like against the big three, that dude was clamping Wade regularly. He was Absolutely. great. But Bradley looked a little off, lost. Switch off on LeBron if he needed to. No doubt. It was good to have him out there, but his he made zero threes. Um, Leonard was kind of un, ineffective too. So, you know, you don't like to see that. And I think that um, it kind of makes things up in the air. Like, where did Bradley and Leonard, if we're going purely off of what we saw, like this is all we can do, purely off of what we saw, they looked a little lost. And guess who didn't look lost? KZ flipping Acapala. That kid looked a teensy bit squeamish in that first game. Like, he didn't come in off the bench well. Timid. Timid. Timid, for sure. No doubt. But that second game, I feel like Bam got in his teeth and said, look, you got to freaking... Or Coach Spo was like, look, someone man, shoot did. the ball. Yeah. It's I your hope, show. I hope so. It. Me too. Um, I really hope so. And and it it's so obvious that if KZ gets out of his own way, like, there's no one going to stop this guy. He's super tall. He's super long. He's got a freaking quick, pretty quick release. Um, his instincts are freaking already legendary to me. Like, just doing little, little tiny things that just annoy people on defense. And I love that. I love that he's pesky that way. That reminds me of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a super pesky defender. So I'm really, really high on KZ. 
I'm very excited to see if maybe he starts because my thought is wasn't exactly impressed with Leonard, who was probably pegged to start next to Bam. Um, certainly, you got Harkless, who again looked a little lost, a little lost uh, out on the floor initially. So I don't, I don't know who we're, who we're going to start the season with, but you could certainly make the case that KZ pretty much felt seamless. I loved his defensive acumen, and I especially loved the dude just let it fly. He needs to because he makes smart choices. That entry pass, by the way, do you remember that entry pass in the second game? I think he entry passed into Kelly Olynyk on the block. I cannot remember who it was. They they went they went back and forth one after another. He. Gave Kelly O a good look, and then on the following play, somebody entered it to Kelly O. He drove and dropped it off to KZ on the baseline. That's what it was, and it was a pretty pass, too, that, that was just over the shoulder of the defender. It's just yep. little things like that. A couple slips where he, he was able to but get people lost. Plays, man, to yeah. see the play coming before it come. Like Absolutely. You know, he fed Kelly, but as I mentioned on the next play, to see, okay, He's going to get it to Kelly there in the middle. My man is going to collapse. I'm chasing my man along the baseline. Easy bucket. Easy. He got Easy Andre, he got Andre to a cut, too, that uh, he slipped out. And Andre pump faked it in the air, kicked it out, open three. It's those, kinds, it's those kinds of rhythm plays that last year Jay Crowder feasted on, where he found himself in the right situation, making the right play, and he feasted on him. And if KZ Paul can give us any semblance of that, and add length because he's definitely longer than Jay, than Jay oh, yeah. Crowder is. Then, uh, when you look at him and Precious, man, you really – it takes you aback at how big they are. They're big. They are. Like looking at them next to other big guys, you're like, hmm, man. And one and one of those guys is going to be on the wing? I know. know. Yeah, okay, so let's let's talk real quick our young core, and then uh, we'll get to the season outlook. So – we you you specifically highlighted what what you saw in our rookies specifically Precious and a little bit of KZ and then of course Exhibit Ten famous celebrity Max Struess now uh, who's now signed to a two way which no one didn't expect after that last game twenty two points in like twenty and a half minutes or something ridiculous clear front runner clear front runner besides those guys K None Hero Duncan right okay. Bam, we don't really need to talk about besides the fact that he finally started shooting without hesitation I love it good to see that. We've been Absolutely. yelling at the TV for the last year and a half to do that. That's so it. even if yay. you don't make it, have to take them, just absolutely got to keep the defense honest. Will take it because when they run out, go to the rim and dunk on everybody's head. That, by the way, that's one of Max's best qualities. Is like that dude doesn't even think twice about shooting. Like he oh, no. knows, he oh, no. knows what he's good at, and he does it. And I, I just love that he doesn't overthink the game. He knows right here. Bam needs to do open, the same thing. Open space, I'm letting it fly. Dang right. How did you feel about k -Nun? I know we only saw him in one game, but I'm going to tell you one thing for me. Obviously, he didn't make any threes, which was kind of like, oh, my gosh. But the dude was so inconsistent and he did exactly like I I love k -Nun. I want to give him a chance. If you followed me at all on, the, on this show, like Heat Nation knows, like, I actually like k -Nun. I want the best out of this kid because I feel like he has the potential. But dang it, it did feel like he learned anything from last year. So I was kind of let down. But tell me, maybe you can redeem some of that. Or what are your thoughts on k Nun's one and only game? Because it was just one game. I think he's adjusting, man. He's in a period where he's not only hearing everything that's going on around him and he's that's taking true. the man out. But I think he's also coming to the realization and adjusting to the fact that he probably won't be a starter this year. Um, and he's going to be third true. fiddle on that second lineup. But, mm. you know, behind Hero – well. We don't know if Hero's going to start, but if it's Hero or Bradley, let's say who's in the one or two, either way, he's third fiddle behind that guy and Goran. So 
I think that we're in a period of transition for him and he's, you know, just adjusting to all that. But I think he'll be fine. I like the fact that he was aggressive. I mean, in order to be inconsistent, you have to be aggressive. That's true. So, you know what I mean? Um, I do like that. But I think that's just more of a field thing for the role of where he's playing. Because also, for his, where he isn't playing around as much talent, he isn't playing against as good of talent either. So there's always those small adjustments on both sides. And I think he's just making those. But I think he'll be fine. Now, do I think he'll actually be there the rest of the season? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a fair thing to say. I mean, at some point, it does feel like the Heat got to cash out on his value. Or and that whole anxiety might be something. Well, yeah. I mean, I know we kind of, you know, talk, but it maybe you feel like he's walking on eggshells or he's constantly auditioning as well. So, you know, that could be something there. I don't think that that's um, – I think that that's completely fair. I think you're right about that because he's had a pretty rough go at it, right, at life. So, I mean – with uh, everything he's been through, his own fault, no question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely his own fault, but he's trying so hard to redeem his life. Um, and he's fought and scrapped and scraped for everything he's gotten up to this point because nothing is being handed to this kid right. um, for, from his hit. And he's constantly but, having to hear about it, which is fair as well. I know. So, yeah. So even go back, not to cut you off, but to even no, go fine. back to how you said he's had quite the few, you know, back to his issues at college that kept him from being drafted because he probably yeah. would have been a late first rounder. He would have. Um, and then if he put himself in that position, so he has to do what he has to do to make that right if he can make that right. But then you look back even at last year where, you know, he burst onto the scene, top three rookie of the year, vote getter, and then the situation happens before he gets to the bubble. I know it. With COVID and the death in his family and throwing his rhythm off and he didn't really hop back into the rotation. Yeah, in the finals towards the end, he got back in, gave us some good minutes when we needed him. But it's just like, man, if you've dealt with all of that and you thought that you, you know, last season, if you're him, you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm hitting it. I'm finally hitting my stride. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. People are recognizing my talent. Um, I'm being praised because I'm putting in the work to now hear that you're probably, or to even just be that aware to know, hey man, not that I'm not value, but among the people they're talking about, I'm probably the least value. Hmm. You know, all, I mean, yeah, mentally, that's hard. That, could, that could do something to you. It, and, it you absolutely know, can. The classic case of over trying as well. Who's to say he doesn't, he hasn't accepted that and just isn't out there saying, well, okay, I'm gonna make sure that whoever takes me knows what I'm coming there for. I still feel like I, I, I feel like he has a ton of potential. I'm not backing down on that for me personally. Um, I agree. I, whenever I, I think if you watch, I talk about this all the time. His preseason last year in the uh, NBA Summer League was so remarkable. Like he absolutely owned that league. He was just so much better than everyone else he played with in the summer league. I'm very impressed with what he's been able to accomplish in a short amount of time. And that's what the reality of all this is. He's really only been on our team for a year and a half. So given the fact what he dealt with COVID, injury, uh, obviously the loss, uh, everything that he's been through, I defend him all the time that he was a, what, three, three-time rookie of the week? Rookie of the month or whatever it was. I, I can't even remember. I think it was a three-time rookie. Hold on. I think I think it was a three-time rookie of the week, two-time rookie of the month, multiple time in both Multiple categories. time. And uh, in a season when that had Jay Morant going crazy. So and well, I know that it was the West. Zion Williamson all of the full season awards for playing 20 games. No I mean, doubt. that's you know, the Zion train is a tough one to beat. Oh, no doubt. And I and the, I will give him one thing. So if you watch if you watch that first game, he finally did something that I just you just never really saw. He had a dribble pass 
that was I, on the money to the corner to Struess. And it was like, I know, no, I noticed that yes! too. Yes. Like, I'm like, thank he God he finally did he it. He finally <laughs> made a play for somebody else. He did. He wasn't in James Harden mode. And I say that to say, James Harden can make a play for somebody else, but that's only after he's wasted 14 seconds and realizes that <laughs> all of the clock is gone. And Kendrick Nunn had that same thing about him. It's like, okay, he's going to make a play for him. And last year, once there's like seven or eight seconds, then he goes into, okay, let me find somebody else. Yep. But I know what you're saying. It was like he took what the defense gave them. Exactly. And he did not do that. It he 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 really struggled with that last year. Even Absolutely. when he was popping, even when he was popping, he really struggled with that. So I'm very proud of him for adding that to his bag. I mean, it's only one freaking game, so I don't want to get too crazy here. But it it was the kind of step in the right direction that the second he got doubled in the paint, he kicked it out immediately to the wide open shooter. And it's going to be there on our team. We have we have four or five freaking elite shooters. Like, just throw it. They'll be there. They'll find the ball. So Absolutely. I'm glad he trusts the system. We talk about this all the time. Trust the system. Trust the process. And he did it. So good for him. If he can knock down a couple more shots, I feel like he was okay. But, man, his inconsistency was kind of hard to ignore after, I don't know, he's got a proving, like, this is all proving time to him, like you said. Like, he has to pull this out if he wants to stick around or even or even be considered valuable in whatever next team he's going on if he, if he gets traded. He's got to show he has the stuff, that it wasn't a fluke. Right, that it wasn't a fluke right. the first three or four months of the NBA. It. It's more or less letting them know that, you know, because the thing about it, every, and we've all probably heard this, depending on how long you've been in this, I'm not saying that. Every NBA player is a good is a good basketball player. Like Dang any right. NBA player, Dang right. the, last, the last guy on the bench, if he pulled up to the local YMCA, he would make everybody in there look silly. No doubt. I completely That's the agree. last guy on the bench. What separates good NBA players from great NBA players is great NBA players can do it 50 out of 82 games. Good NBA players can do it 30 out of 82 games. Every yep. NBA player can have 30 good games with the opportunity. Great NBA players can have 50, 50 good games with the opportunity. All-stars have about 70, 75, and the superstars, they have about 80 good games. Every mm -hmm. game almost is a good game for them. Um, and I think that's what he has to, you know, work towards because consistency is what separates good rotation players from Derrick Jones Jr. who's only getting spot minutes. No doubt. And if he wants to be a starter in this league, none's going to have to find that 50-game consistency exactly. for sure. Well, let's, let's switch. More nice than not, I know what you're bringing me. Absolutely. Well, and let's switch to Hero, who has shown that, who has shown let's consistency. Look. Now, I my only qualm, because I think he played both games. Yeah. Um, yep. My only qualm was he still looked a step slow on defense. He got, he got behind a couple of people. Um, and they, they blew past him, which was kind of unfortunate because it's really the only knock. <laughs> Same with Duncan Robinson. They both looked slightly flat-footed on defense. Not that they were going to cure this, Kenneth, right. in two and a half months. Right. I mean, we're only two and a half months from them last playing basketball. But um, you just want to see it because I'll tell you what I did see from Hero. His shot looked even better. I felt it was a little smoother. I felt it was a little tighter. Package, the whole offensive package has evolved. It's Whether tightened up. Like you said, whether that be the jump shot, whether yep. that be the drive game, whether that be setting the defender up for the yes. zone for to create for somebody else, everything else, everything has gotten tighter. I completely agree. It was really fun watching him and Bam go back and forth off a of pick and roll and see what would happen. Like they're definitely testing that sort of Drogic magic. Like who else can do what Drogic did Absolutely. in his one game, which was like 19 lobs and find finding and buckets. That's why in I space. said. We don't know who'll be the starter because yeah. if you watch it and know what you're looking at, 
they're kind of priming Hero to be that lead guy. They like, are. It's almost like they want him to take that role. I would, I'll tell you, I do want him to take that role. Not because, not because I actually think Drogic would be better. I mean, in terms of just pure basketball, I I think Drogic has got one of my favorite, um, he's he's one of my favorite offensively gifted players because there's just nothing he doesn't do very well on the offensive end right. of, the, of the ball. He's very unselfish or he can do everything if you need him to do it. Uh, that's, that's a skill set that literally James Harden right now, everyone's debating in doses about his skill set, not on the offensive side, but on the defensive side and commitment to culture, those kinds of things, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to worry about that with uh, Heat Lifer now, Goran Dragic. He's super, super good. But Goran Dragic off the bench is going to feast. I, I don't know. I just feel like he's going to feast again this year. Like he may actually finally get uh, the real recognition he deserved last year for six man of the year because that award is so odd. I don't understand why it went to Montrezl. Like he is a good six man, but he didn't yeah. play the sixth man role. He was like seven, six, five, four. Like he was all over the place. You can't have two guys. You can't have two guys. You can't have two guys in the final vote for six man of the year because one of those guys was indeed the seventh man. I mean, <laughs> one of saying, them. I, one of them. I don't were, know. Or six I mean, A, six B, whatever. I, mean, I don't know how my math works, and if my math is the same as <laughs> their math, but. You Maybe know, it's not. Two guys on the same team, and both can't be this first guy off the bench. Oh my gosh, I don't understand it. And Goran Dragic was literally our sixth man all year. He, he performed I, well. I think he was a big part of the reason Jay Crowder and, um, uh, gosh, who, Solomon Hill and, and Andre Iguodala, when they first got here and they were all coming off the bench at that point with Goran, they played right. so great. Like they ate second units lunch well regularly. not only he set a tone man but he also created shots for everybody it's exactly it his, right be that with his gravity with his driving yep. kick game um he created shots and made it easier for everybody else and to kind of go back to what you were saying about him coming off the bench um i actually made the case several times that it was a top season of his career and i say that from an i agree an efficiency val yes. efficiency over volume, over productivity, it was probably the top season of his career. In as few minutes as he played, on as few shots, or as many three-point shots as he took, to be as productive as he was in his time, he's never had a season like that. I feel like him coming off the bench is the best thing for all parties involved in that not only does it give us a consistent and concrete bench guy yes. a guy that you know he's going to come in every night and give us work off the bench but it also helps bring balance to your team and then on an individual perspective if he's only playing 25 to 30 minutes a night as opposed to 30 to 33 34 minutes a night that only helps him further down the season and we might no get out week out one more great season from him so you know i'm talking about even beyond this um because you know, if you just getting the best out of him in short spurts until you need to, like when we went to him more in the playoffs up until he got hurt, I just think that's the best thing for him and his body, for him to be able to give you that same thing deeper into the season and deeper into his career. Well, no doubt they're worried about that. I mean, this is when injuries start piling up as the, the late Kobe Bryant all all showed us. It was so hard watching him basically fall apart towards the finish line there, even though he dropped, a, what, was it a 50-piece in that last game? I yep. can't remember. Yeah. So special, but Goran Dragic has that same kind of magic right now. That late in his in his career, he's still a bucket. He's still efficient. Absolutely. He's still he's still getting past twenty year olds. Like right. I'm so impressed by this guy. And off the bench, he's just going to be electric. 
especially with my new favorite. Like, out of all the things I saw in the preseason, I am most jacked about Precious Achiawa. I thought he just looked exactly like the kind of guy we want on this team. Like, he fits we it. Like, we drew him up in the lab, cooked him up, and threw him out on the floor, and he's going to be him and him and Gordon off the bench, Kenneth, are going to be so special. Uh, and you he already saw like that in doses. Six, he moves like a guy that's 6'6", six, six, but he's 6'10". And he's and, got like a 7'3 reach. Right. Crazy. And going back to where we said he moves like Bam, you pretty much just gave Gorn his own personal Bam. We know the chemistry, exactly. the lob, you know what I mean? The yep. dragon lob to Bam. You just basically gave Gorn his own version. Like, yep. he's yours. You don't have to worry about it. When you're in with Bam, do that. But when Bam's not in the game, hey, we got another guy who could do the same thing. Absolutely. I'm very excited that we don't have to switch up our offensive sets now like we used to because a lot of times when Bam went off the floor, we would go to ISO, and that's fine. Goran's great against, like, he's one of our best. He might be one of the best in the league right now. He's stoked, so good at it right now. Um, He was eating uh, the Bucks' lunch in the playoffs in isolation and off the pick and roll. There may not be another finisher who I would outright call better than Goran. Like, Goran has a finish, and I mean, like, whether that be – something at the end of the quarter, something at the end of the clock, a crazy layup where he bounces off three people, and you're like, how did he make that? Yeah. Like, Goran is – I'm not going to say he's the best, but – But he's special. It would be, it, right. It would be hard. I mean, relative to size, to athletic yep. ability, to how they get it done, it's hard for me to look at another guy and say, hey, he's better than Goran at finishing because, I mean, Goran just – he has such tough finishes. Like, stuff he's not, like, as I said, man, things he's not supposed to be able to do, he does it every single game. Every well, game. He does. And then we just saw Precious pull off a couple finishes, that acrobatic under the rim, backwards toss off the backboard. That was special. So, I mean, if these two guys are dancing in the paint, and then you got friggin' Struess over here launching the second he touches a basketball, and then doses of Kelly Olynyk where he just kind of slips fine. Oh, yeah, I forgot Olynyk's in the game. Crap, he shot a three-pointer. Like, if we have that kind of bench unit, we're going to be super tough to beat. So now looking at the whole season, Kenneth, I'm excited. Obviously, you should be excited. I, I think there's, there's been some people in Heat Nation that have kind of frowned upon our offseason or said it's neutral. I mean, even some good co- close colleagues of ours that have just said they didn't really do much. And I just completely disagree. And I feel like Precious gave us the 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 obvious nod to the future. Like, Precious, if nothing happened but Precious, he's going to be a big player. Like, he's going to get left off of scouting reports. You have too many other guys to worry about. You got right. Duncan, Hero, Bam, and Butler to worry about. And Gorin. draw offense for that guy to score. No, he's going to drop 10 and 10. He's going to drop double-doubles like it's his job. And he- I can't wait. I cannot wait. So I'm very excited about the season. I don't think that there's... um, I don't think there's any doubt in our mind that something with James Harden is going to happen. So tell me your just initial thought. And I know, I know this is a battle. So Kenneth, I don't, you don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. This is a safe place to be Kenneth Wilson, but I'll go ahead and lead off with mine so that it it lessens the blow. People can hate me more first. I have absolutely no idea how James Harden is going to do on this team. And I feel like, I feel like it's a little crazy to in one hand say that the heat culture is a thing and that it wouldn't apply to him. I think that that's kind of crazy for people to suggest like he's going to come in here and be the same James Harden. He's not going to be the same James Harden. Like he's going to play on a completely different offense. He's got to have a completely different coach and coaching staff. This is a coach, by the way, who just ranked first in three major categories league wide by their coaches. He's got a different coach. 
He is not the number one star. He's coming on this team knowing Bam just signed the Supermax and Butler just went the distance in the NBA Finals and outplayed flipping LeBron James when it was when all the chips were on the table. They won the they won the ring, but dang it, Butler outplayed everyone on that on that floor. So he's coming in with a little bit of a different situation in terms of hierarchy, all those kinds of things, if he comes here. I absolutely believe what he provides from a basketball standpoint would be fantastic because that was the gap we had last year. Point of attack defense, okay, above average, not elite by any stretch, but he's in the top 70, 70 percentile. So he can definitely hang after these last three seasons defensively. Definitely a good offensively gifted person if we lose Hero Duncan, the amalgamation of one of those two, plus a couple guys. So what we stand to lose, sure, it would be a lot. Like There's no doubt this package is going to be monstrous. Bruce. It's going to freak everyone out the second half. It's Kenneth. I mean, there's going to be tears. I'm raising there's... my hand. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> no doubt. Like, we're all going to be going, what? Like, it's it's crazy. Unless Struess is the headliner, which that would be amazing. I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, I don't feel like there's this great need to over simplify. So forgive me if I sound like I'm doing that. But he is James Harden. He's a top five player. Um, I'm not going to be super pissed off if he ends up on this team. It's really all on Pat Riley, just about 100%. I don't feel like it's fair to say that Spo or Bam and Butler, I know they're on board with it. They Five Reasons reported that Bam and Butler are on board with it. Ethan Skolnick said in his video yesterday, they're on board. I can confirm that. Well, sure they are. It's top five freaking player James Harden. What are they going to say? No. Ultimately, this is going to come down to Riley willing to bet. Like This is the biggest whale he's ever chased as a whale chaser. And if he hangs that trophy... And it takes a crap all over our team and ruins all this chemistry. He's going to be the one that bears it. And I swear to y'all, he's not going to risk his freaking history, legend, reputation. Not his whole legacy legacy on James Harden unless he knows for sure that that is not going to happen. So if he ends up coming, I 100% trust that Pat has done more than me and you and anyone ever will on vetting this thing. But if he doesn't come, it will not shock me in the slightest. We are good enough. I've gone on record already to say we're good enough to compete for that chip this year. So that's my take. We could compete for the chip this year. We do not need James Harden. If we get him, I trust Pat. That's my take on it. Um, I, I For the most part, man, I would... 100% agree with you and not to be too bland or boring but I'm no. indifferent about it as well man it's like you you have both sides of the coin here so first of all to tackle like you said what it's going to cost to land him it's going to be inordinate it we're is. going to ship out half of the team <laughs> like half of the team um, so that's my first question when you think about adding James Harden to the team minus what it's going to cost to take him are you still a team good enough? Well, the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers kind of showed last year you can kind of pull it off. The difference is, is they signed veterans before the season start. Like, we're all right. And they, yeah. they also had LeBron James. Well, and that that's true. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Not that that mattered the year before whenever they didn't have Anthony Davis, but... Um, I'm, 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 I'm fine with LeBron. Me and LeBron are cool. I don't... I, don't, I think he's he, he, arguably arguably he could go to any team right now and probably get you close, if not all the way to the dance. Yeah. I think that's one, special and unique. One piece away. Yep. So, but, always but for, one piece away when LeBron joins your team. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I do think that that James Harden's addition, poten- potential addition, uh, is being completely overblown. 
And I don't think that it's fair for... I'll take this. You, I'd love to hear how you feel about this. Um, the last four years, Pat Riley's been absolutely skewered for not getting whales. Like, the fan base has been kind of upset with him because he talks about it every season. And then we finally get Butler, but people didn't really see Butler as a whale. Right? I mean, Butler himself had to have a press conference where he said, Do y'all freaking know who I am? I'm Jimmy Butler. I am good at this sport. I don't know what your predictions are based on, but I am one of the top players in this league. No I didn't forget. doubt. Next I question. It all last season. They said yes. we'd be a bottom seed. They said we barely make it out of the East. Who was there last? But it doesn't That's matter. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. So, but again, not, the fans don't necessarily see him as a whale. So here's James Harden, who's about as big a whale as you can get in this league ever. I mean, he's arguably top five or six offensively gifted player all time. Like he's way up there for a lot of people. I'd agree. Um, rightfully so. Dude scoring 30 like it's nothing. So regularly, every day, like you said, not 40, 30 games, like 80 games. He get He's regularly getting in oh, the 30s. Oh, giving it to you night after night. Night after night. So if Pat Riley is going to be skewered the last four years for not landing a whale, how do those same people get to say, don't take Harden? I don't understand that it's so illogical. So the same people that are pissed that he didn't go chase a whale the last four years, now he's chasing one, and they're like, don't do it. It kind of feels like a little bit of a, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent arguing and debating. So I really hope that the people that are hard on Riley freaking get their act together and uh, recognize the truth of the situation is you got to chase somebody and they're going to take... Sounds like Twitter to me, man. Sounds like Twitter to me. It absolutely no, is. <laughs> I mean, my thing with that, though, man, is you can get to a point with a team, and for me, if the player isn't a player of your type, then there's always going to be something there to start with anyway. And James Harden isn't my ideal kind of guy for my team. I'm not one of those guys... I agree that doesn't enjoy watching him play. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare say that because sometimes I like seeing him just dance. Do that I want that fun. for my team? No. But um, it's one of those things where, man, look, you can want a whale, but not that particular whale. Sure. Um, I guess, what's the best way to say it? All money ain't good money. That, you know, I, you, you yeah. can be hungry and know you need the money to buy your food or pay your bills or whatever. But there's always, you know, certain ways you'll go about getting it in certain That's ways. Right. You want. So it it's one of those situations. It's like, yeah, he's a whale, but and At I mean, what to go back, right? To go back exactly. to what I was, what I meant to say in the last question was, we also think if Harden comes to Miami, he's not going to be the same Harden he was in Houston. Well, the reason he's the Harden that we want in Miami is because of the fact that he was the Harden that he True. was in Houston. If he isn't that same guy, why do we want him? So if we can't be our best selves with him being his best self. That's kind of the answer right there. It's just I not agree. A for me. I'm, again, agree. I'm indifferent because I have to trust Pat. And as you said, if Pat makes a move, he's hanging. He's knowingly hanging his legacy on the move. I completely um, agree. So I trust him if he does it. But it just it just kind of doesn't make sense because in order to be your best self in a Miami Heat uniform, you have to be the you know you almost have to be the complete opposite of what James Harden has been throughout his career. And I don't know if we want to get the best Harden, if we can do that by asking him to not be that same guy. Yeah, it should be interesting regardless of what goes down. The noise is supposed to all shut up by Christmas is the word That's on the say. street. That's what they say. I mean, we've so also we seen see. the ones where they said that they want to get a deal done by Tuesday as well. So 
That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> there's there's that out there as well. So I don't know. I feel like the Heat have kind of all the leverage here, um, especially after Maury is kind of, you know, he's all over the place, but it just seems like so That puzzled me too, man. The guy that's willing to trade everything, including the house, all of a sudden comes out this season and says, I'm not willing to go big. Like, yeah. it, just, it just all seems fishy to me. I, it I, does. Well, that's because we all know he's getting moved. He's getting moved. There's no, there's, absolutely. there's, Almost a 0% chance at this point he's not going somewhere. Oh, no. There's no world where he lasts <laughs> a month and a half. No world. Yeah. So um, I actually uh, feel bad for him. I feel like he's gotten way more flack than he has possibly deserved. These leaks are a disgrace uh, to the NBA and to journalism. I'm not sitting here bashing Tim McMahon. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is it was incredibly lopsided because you had other guys out there who were reporting that he's not a bad teammate that Chris Paul didn't have beef with him, that Russell Westbrook didn't have beef with him as far as him showing up late things, that that there just seemed to be a little bit of a lopsided nature to the sudden uh, character assassination of James freaking Harden. I don't I don't put any stock into into to what I heard because again it wasn't it wasn't uh, what's it called whatever multiple sources it wasn't corroborated and so right. that was that was kind of odd that that everyone was basically referencing Tim's piece and writing a bunch of other pieces referencing his one. It doesn't seem likely that James Harden is a cancer. I just think that that's crazy that that's suddenly something never... I don't think I've ever thought that until just recently. I've always thought that it's a little peculiar, some of his playoff games. That's it. That's the only problem I really ever had with him. And the fact that the offense ran like a 40% usage rate through him or whatever crazy number it was. Besides those things, like he's a good basketball player and he plays pretty freaking great on both ends now. So he's fun to watch. If we get him, we get him. We don't, we don't. But the season itself, Kenneth, the East, I don't, I don't really fear Boston. I don't really think they did anything. I mean, they lost Gordon Hayward, who was their zone buster last year. Yep. So that's not great. Um, the Sixers, I'm not a, I'm not especially a scared of them. I, nope. I you know, who I think are they you? got weaker as well. What about the Raptors? Like, who is who? Who do we have really in the East that can contend with us? Honestly, Milwaukee. Um, I would say that the addition of Drew Holiday gives them a different dynamic. Um, a different level whereas I, I don't know if it's me or if Bledsoe has fallen off in the last couple of years with his ability to penetrate regularly because when he was penetrating he gave us problems when he found a way to get in the paint um, and cause havoc whether that be kickouts finishing and ones on his own he gave us issues and I feel like what Drew Holiday is going to bring to them is not only size and a defensive presence that they haven't had at the top of their defense but I also feel like from a consistently being able to break his man down and get in the paint perspective he's going to bring that to them which only you know adds more uh adds more another dynamic level to yes. their shooting you know what I mean because if he's collapsing the paint then that leaves more space for Middleton that leaves more space for uh, who's the other guy they just re-signed? I can't think of his Connaughton. Leaves more space for the rest of the shooters. DiVincenzo, all of the rest of the guys. So, um, And then also, man, you have a guy who can run pick and roll with Giannis probably as well as Giannis has ever ran pick and roll with anybody. True, true. Like, I don't I, think he ever had as good a pick and roll partner as he will with Drew Holiday. Well, he didn't have someone who could run the offense quite like Drew Holiday either, because obviously he pretty much ran the offense the last right. two seasons. So, Let's it will be glorified shooting guard. And Drew Holiday can do that, but I think we'll see a lot more Drew Holiday initiating the offense yes. than we ever saw from anybody else. 
And, and we can't, it would be completely unfair to Drew Holiday's star because I, I'm high on the guy. I like him a lot. Um, I wanted him on this team. Let's be frank about that. He, he would have been electric on our team. 100%. Uh, but the fact that he went to the Bucks, they do have a Butler stopper. I don't feel like that's a hot take whatsoever. And Butler was a huge X factor in the playoffs last year. Famously, if you remember, people were asking like Giannis, why aren't you guarding Butler? They took it as like, he's like, because freaking coach hadn't told me to do it yet. I just do what the coaching staff tells me. But um, Butler absolutely ate their lunch and Goran Dragic slaughtered them in, in the uh, uh, pick and roll game. So I feel like, dude, from a guard standpoint, I mean, I know Drew doesn't necessarily, he doesn't play small forward, but he absolutely can guard one through almost four, like three and a half. Uh, he's freaking good around the perimeter. And to think for a second that Butler and Bam being swallowed up by Holiday and Giannis is not going to give us problems. They're crazy. And then that doesn't even factor in Chris Middleton, who is definitely an average above average defender. Now who could play not our second best player, who could play our third and fourth and probably shut them down too. So Absolutely. it's not, this is not a great matchup for us. But it depends on how fast their chemistry works out and things like I that. You just that never depth, know. I think that the depth is going to give them a problem, whereas they can hit you, you know, on the first unit. They can probably blow you out of the building if they're clicking on all cylinders. It's when the Miami Heat are able to throw wave after wave after wave after wave of guys who can fill it up yep. uh, while basically holding your second unit in check. That's going to be the differentiating factor when we face off against the Bucks, It's just that you have to be able to sustain that initial blow. If you ever let them get ahead of you, I think that you're beat because they don't have anything of real merit on the second unit because they brought all of that to the first unit or traded yep. it away. But um, if you can manage to play their first unit even, you should have a pretty good chance to beat the Bucks on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, they're definitely, for me, they're it. I feel like there's actually a wider gap in the top than there was last year. And um, I think that's kind of surprising because the Pacers really didn't change at all. But I do feel like we need to be fair about their potential because Sabonis and Oladipo, uh, they're going to give us, they're going to get the league problems. They did last year, at least. Absolutely. Um, we didn't deal with Sabonis last year in the playoffs, really. And yeah, exactly. Depot, and Depot was working his way back. Working his you way have, back, yeah. You have to give them at least, well, I'll say, what, 40% more potency uh, based on what they were able to do then. Um, no and, doubt. of course, you, you'd think T.J. Warren would find his game again because I don't know where he went in the playoffs. But <laughs> it didn't disappoint me. But, you know, just basically from being a realist, you'd have to imagine that he rediscovered the fact that he yep. could score the ball. I am very excited about the East because I do feel like the Hornets – Dude, LaMelo's been impressing the heck out of me. I'm not a huge LaMelo ball. I'm not really the, – the whole ball family, I feel like, has oversold everybody. I want so badly for Lonzo and LaMelo and their third brother who just got cut or moved or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember. D'Angelo? Yeah, D'Angelo, that's right. Um, LaMelo has actually genuinely impressed me. Lonzo's shot looks better. He, sh I, I saw a pre against us in the, Pel the Pelicans game. His shot looked a lot better. So Definitely quicker. No, The hitch isn't there anymore. It's not. It doesn't pause as he goes up. So – I'm uh, I'm proud of him for that because I want the I want the I'm a kind of guy like I want the NBA to win I want to see Cat play defense like imagine if Carl Anthony could figure that part of his game out he's going to be so good if he can do it but uh, I'm big on the I'm big on seeing these guys develop I like what I'm seeing out of Charlotte they may actually give some people some problems um, with the way Lamelo's playing Gordon's on that team now and of course they got uh, what's his name that just lit everyone up last I year I was just about to say that Holy though smokes. I think that's going to be their issue because. 
Devontae Graham shined. Devontae, that's he it. Had, he had open reign over the rock. Like when you needed a bucket or when he wanted it, he got it. Okay, right. go back to my situation with Harden. In order for Harden to be his best self, he has to have the rock. He has to be him. In order for Lamelo to be his best self, he has to be him. True statement. Out of that mesh with uh, Graham, and then let's not forget they still got Scary Terry, who though had a down. Oh, that's here. right. Oh my god, he has to have the rock in order to he be his. He does. Best. So you know, I think Charlotte has a chance to sneak up on a lot of people this year. They have to work out that whole situation they with do. ball distribution, though, because their best players absolutely need the ball to be their best selves. Yeah, if they get a little bit of that culture, they could scare. They could be scary. Hey, man, you know, culture isn't for everybody. Really, everyone else. The Brooklyn Nets, of course, are going to be special. No one is surprised. Uh, maybe Clutch Adam is a little bit surprised by Durant's very quick turnaround. Like, he looks good already. Oh, yeah, we'll man. See if but it's a fluke. Know, our mind, because it's a new NBA season, our mind is only thinking, hey, it's only a year from now. But we have to realize we're going on almost two years now. That's so, true. You know, it's been quite a while. He should look good. Um, let me ask you something, man. Let's flip the roles yeah, real quick. Yeah, flip it How around. Does, does Brooklyn scare you? Does Brooklyn scare me? I almost feel like until they get, uh, I almost feel like until we get to the playoffs, like they haven't. I feel like look, uh, Karis Levert, who I adore, I think he's a great player, does not get what he deserves. I think Dinwiddie's a good player too. Um, obviously, Jared Allen and Doses is a handful. Um, I don't feel like they can scare us unless something very quickly shows us that the chemistry. That, like you said, it has been two years. Who knows how much they've been practicing together, connecting together. I have no idea. But the the speed with which they can get that consistency as a unit will really determine how quickly everyone should be afraid of these guys. So it's really hard to say. But let me just skip forward to this. If they find that consistency, uh, yeah, like they absolutely scare me. And uh, I don't care if they get James Harden or Kyrie or, who, or both of them. They absolutely should scare us because they don't really have at that point it's not it's kind of like the lakers last year they don't have a weakness where it matters they have all the main things covered up maybe depth isn't there but i think they could probably overcome that with with having generational players like freaking hardened Kyrie and durant on the same team so yeah i feel like they scare me a little bit they would match up pretty well against us because durant's an underappreciated defender and then uh, Kyrie, I feel like when he feels like it, he really can turn on the hey, defense. Kyrie's a nut, though, man. I, I can't trust Kyrie. I don't trust him either. I think that's fair. And I think that's going to be the thing for me. I don't, whereas LeBron tried. LeBron's thing is he tries to be everybody's friend until he has to embarrass somebody, and then he doesn't <laughs> mind. KD's thing is he tries to be the uh, quiet guy, he and does. he tries to let his actions speak for him. And I don't feel like you can be that guy with Kyrie. I feel like you have to be LeBron with Kyrie. I'm going to be your friend, but when you mess up, I'm going to be the first one to be like, hey, Absolutely. man, you're messing up. Yep. And I feel like I don't know if KD has that in him. He, I don't think he's ever really shown that, if that's fair to say. Can you think of a time where he really ever truly showed that on the – that was always Russell Westbrook that got right. into people's – and in that's the situation seat. I use. Sure. It's like, well, everything we heard, and we didn't hear a bunch from KD, but everything we heard was that it was okay, it was cool. And then once he left, you know, we started to hear that he really couldn't deal with Russ. It was like, well, you never expressed that or verbalized No doubt. That. And basically what that leads me to believe is you're just one of those guys, you do what you got to do to get through a situation without expressing yourself on it. And in certain situations, such as playing basketball professionally with Kyrie Irving, you have to be a guy that doesn't mind telling people what's on your mind. Because Kyrie's a guy that's going to make you have to tell him what's on your mind at least twice. 
basically it's like if they can get out of their own way, yeah, they're going to be scary. But do they have a lot of potential stumbling blocks along along the way? Uh, yep. Yes, they really do. Not not the least in which is how the heck they're going to give Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert the confidence to be who they formerly were. Somebody has to go. Somebody yeah, I can go. completely agree. It's such a because shame. Both of those guys need the ball in their hands to be their they best do. selves too. Kenneth, I super appreciate you coming on. It was super fun to have you. Uh, I love your mind. I love the way you analyze the game. I read all you can heat all the time, as most of us all do in Heat Nation. Thank you again for coming on the show, sir. Oh, yeah, man. Like I said, anytime, uh, I do appreciate everybody out there for reading. I do appreciate you for reading. Uh, You can catch me, as we mentioned, on the Twitter at K underscore said underscore Q-U-E, which is K said K for all of those people out there that didn't (laughs) get the joke. Uh, Also, man, you can catch me on Instagram at I-M-K-C-I-R-R-U-S. Always talking heat basketball. Always talking basketball in general. Always talking sports culture. Just love to talk, man. And like I said, especially when it's about Miami Heat basketball, just so excited um, to get the season tipped off and even more excited and, you know, honored to have the pleasure of coming here to talk about it all with you, man. Appreciate you so much, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Heat Nation, for liking, commenting, or certainly subscribe to this channel. If you're got, you know, if you've gotten this far, leave us a review if you would be so kind. Show show Kenneth some love, and of course, thank you again, Heat Nation. We love you. God bless.